I'm not good music. Just the good stuff, baby. Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Radish. Technically, one episode 156. But, in fact, you'll notice this is uh, wholly different from everything you've listened to before. Why are you so serious? <laughs> Trying to keep the mood. We're halfway to Halloween, and uh, just last week, shortly after the release of the trailer of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Will texted me after we had discussed in the Discord some mild hype for the new movie. Uh, Will texted me saying that he had never seen The Conjuring. And we both thought of the same thing of, well, we got to do a podcast now. So, because no one else has, as far as I can tell, there are, you know, obviously other horror movie podcasts, but none based completely off the Conjuring cinematic universe and none with the name we have. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to The Conjuring. This is the podcast where... (laughs) Tyler and I are going to be uh, guiding Will through uh, the Conjuring Cinematic Universe. And this is the first pilot episode. This uh, Since we're halfway to Halloween, we're going to do the first three movies leading up to you know the third movie's release in early June. And if you all like it enough, we'll bring it back in October to cover the, uh, the spinoffs. You know, the Annabelles, the Nun, Curse of La Llorona. We'll do it all. <laughs> because I, I haven't seen any of those, honestly. I've only seen the first two Conjuring movies. So, but... I love The Conjuring very much. It's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I watched it again in preparation for this podcast, and I thought it's it holds up. It's, what, eight years later, and I think it's still terrifying. It's absolutely successful in what it sets out to do. Uh, James Wan still remains probably my favorite horror director living today. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're doing this week. Uh, and if y'all want to introduce yourselves now. I'm Will. Uh, I haven't seen The Conjuring, uh, but I, I, I actually I have now, so I take it all back. Um, oh, we could just grab uh, the whole ha- podcast. No, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I've now seen it. Podcast is done. Uh, yeah, scary movies as a child used to really frighten me, and also just regular movies. Uh, so, uh, as most decisions I've made as an adult, I, I just everything is in spite of my younger self. So I'm trying to. <laughs> I've gotten kind of uh, more into horror movies, but I've never seen this one. Uh, I was busy. So I've never <laughs> seen it. Let's, let's talk about it. I'm Tyler. Um, I don't know how I got involved in this. Uh, there was this deep backstory just in, just explained of, of Will and Sean texting, and uh, I guess they can't they can't record without me. So I'm here. I really can. I've seen The Conjuring. Uh, I, I love this film. In fact... Sean and I have a connection over this film because I got him the Blu-ray of The Conjuring for his birthday whenever this, whenever the year this came out. <laughs> I because think it he was loved like, this film so much. It was like my birthday in 2014, so like my 23rd birthday. And that mm-hmm. was like when Will and I were talking about it. I was like, oh, you know, we can't not have Tyler along because he knows how much I love this movie and he loves this movie. And obviously we're a trio, so it would yeah. feel wrong to do it without you. Well, thank and you. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> um, we should watch The Hangover instead. <laughs> Let's do The Hangover trilogy. Um, oh, I what I really like about this film, and and Sean, I know you're a horror movie buff. Uh, mm. I mean, I I think 
it's fair to say that you are very qualified to talk about horror films because at one point in time you thought that you were going to be a horror movie uh, director. I've read a lot of the scripts that you've written that are horror based and they are mm. always very creepy. Um, but here's, he, this is what, why I really like it is because it's like a well-made film, right? It's, it's not just, I feel like when you think horror, a lot of people kind of jump to the hacky horror movies. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Um, and this one just isn't it. I mean, just beyond the horror genre, it's well made. And uh, that's, what I, that's why I'm super excited to talk about it. It's Yeah, like I you know mentioned before, it's I think James Wan is a masterful horror director. He started off with Saw. Um, I believe he did. No, he didn't do Saw 2. Uh, but he and Lee 1L created the Saw franchise. The, you know, we might, hell, we might do uh, not a Saw pot, you know, podcast but a uh, sodcast a sodcast <laughs> uh but spirals coming out shortly before the conjuring three um so no doubt we'll probably talk about that even though james wan's involved in no way with either in any case apart from producing i think in any well, case in one way or another he'll be there <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, it's, it's funny but, that you know i just mentioned hacky horror films versus like well-made horror films i actually didn't know he worked on saw which is pretty hacky that that uh the first one's not. The first one is it is like pretty it's grounded. very low budget, um, mm-hmm. but it's I think it's pretty well done. Um, I, well, I, the the first one's also based on like a ten minute short. That's right. Which got like a big blank check to make a full movie for it. Yeah, and then so yeah, if you if you trace the steps back, he's 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 pretty. And then they both did uh, James Wan and Lee Wan L did Dead Silence, which. You know, still oh, yeah. pretty hacky, but I think from what I've read <laughs> with uh, interviews with Lee Wan L, the screenwriter, uh, that movie's suffered a lot in rewrites and re-edits and reshoots um, yeah. of stuff that they didn't want in the movie, but the producers did. Uh, I still think, as someone with a, a fear of dolls and ventriloquist dummies, I think it's a very fun movie to watch. Uh, ext- extremely fun theming. Did he do the Annabelle um, movies? He or did not. Just that it existed? Okay. It, yeah, I mean, he definitely decided. We'll get to Annabelle in a bit. Yeah. Um, I have some thoughts he, on the Annabelle plot of this movie. <laughs> uh, he can direct creepy dolls extremely, extremely well. Um, and they also did, uh, Juan and Juanel did Insidious a few years before The Conjuring, which I think I still rank above The Conjuring as one of my all time favorite horror movies just because of how it subverted the genre, how fun it is, how creative, how frightening it is. Um, and also, it still feels like it was shot on a budget, but it does everything it sets itself out to do very, very well. Um, and I believe... I was going to do a bit. <laughs> I was going to do a bit where I was like, Patrick Wilson is amazing in The Conjuring. And you guys were like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so is Rose Byrne. So is Barbara <laughs> Hershey. And just do the entire <laughs> podcast having Washington City is not The Conjuring. <laughs> when Darth Maul comes out in that one shot, really creepy. But can I can I give you guys a fun fact right off the bat? Oh, Please, the guy who plays the Darth Maul demon in Insidious is the same person who plays the demon in The Conjuring. Wow! Uh, he's also the composer for both films. It's, wow! I did not know that. Joseph Bashara, right? Yeah, not Jello Biafra, like I thought. <laughs> uh, I think The Conjuring uh, is pretty mo- a little more mellow in terms of its music, although the little music box itself has a very you know creepy tune to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Insidious is. In your face, terrifying strings, just absolutely chilling. I think 
you know, apart from the images in Insidious, this is not an Insidious podcast, but the, apart from the images <laughs> in Insidious, the music is one of the most frightening things. And I think Joseph Bashara, along with being a weird looking guy and can fit himself into some terrifying costumes, uh, does very well. I maintain that Insidious 2 is the most frightening I've ever been. <laughs> Mainly because I was I was in college and I saw it, and then a guy who I went with had taken an edible, and whenever there was a jump scare, he would hit me. <laughs> so there was there was a fear of physical <laughs> being hit in the chest with a hand. In addition to you know just good old fashioned fear, <laughs> the fun kind. The Conjuring came out in 2013. Uh, Lee Wan L had you know. Uh, left to do his own stuff by that point and i think he went on to direct write and direct more insidious movies um but james wan was helming this one and he brought to life uh hollywood's favorite paranormal investigating couple ed and lorraine warren who are real people and the conjuring movies are based off of real cases that they worked on um as we get through i'll bring up more you know history facts on the warrens and how their investigation of the Perrin family haunting in Rhode Island actually worked out. Um, as we saw in The Conjuring, obviously it's a very Hollywood movie. It, very stylized, similar to, you know, like Amityville Horror and, oh, what was it? I think Haunting in Connecticut, maybe? The Warrens did another are, one. Are they based on the same story? Because, like, I thought... There's a point in this movie where I thought this was like based on the same Amityville horror story. It's uh, not, but they do make a nod at the end to Amityville. Okay, because like the, the this is not this is like the the clock stopping every night at three oh seven. Isn't that from the Amityville horror? Maybe. I think it is. <laughs> I watched the original Amityville horror for the first time last year, and it was not good. <laughs> I watched both actually. I watched both, and I was not entertained. Isn't it a book too? I think yeah it's basically it's like you know the family like saying we went through some creepy stuff and here's what happened and it was highly embellished and all that oh we should I should get this out of the way I love horror movies and I especially love horror movies about ghosts I don't believe in ghosts I love finding (laughs) out all like the reasons behind why people believe in ghosts we've been over this on you know several episodes of you know radish when boo barry was here um (laughs) who is a real ghost uh but uh I don't believe in ghosts (laughs) I've been a ghost, um, but I, I getting into this podcast, I was excited to do more research on the Warrens um, because they were a truly fascinating couple. And I think up until recently, you could visit their basement in Connecticut, which had all those little haunted artifacts. So that room that you saw in The Conjuring oh. and in subsequent movies. <laughs> all Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is a fun- Annabelle Funko Pop. Um, but I mean, they have Annabelle there. They have a bunch of all these haunted artifacts and things that they say, you know, contain spirits or demonic presences, that kind of thing. Um, speaking of Annabelle though, Tyler, get us started with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of everyone's favorite haunted doll, it just starts straight out with the story of Annabelle. Um, and I guess these college roommates that have this doll and it just goes absolutely nuts it's super possessive like both literally literally and figuratively uh because it does leave a very threatening note but also it tries to possess you in a spiritual sense so multifaceted doll here just right off the bat you're right a word play ghost (laughs) james wan knows how to uh do creepy dolls really well 
mean, he did Jigsaw. That was a that was a creepy doll, little Billy. That's true. Ugh. Yeah. Um, it's funny enough. Uh, the real Annabelle the doll is a Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> they just can't use it because of. Uh... That's, that's way worse. It, it's. <laughs> I was gonna that's say way they, worse. They may have just a not wanted to use it is because it's kind of scarier. Because you you can't get its head to turn and its eyes don't look as. I mean, it do look pretty dead, but um, maybe they just wanted like a we a very creepy doll to do instead of just Raggedy Ann. Um, of like it, yeah. A soft doll can like writhe though. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh. It's like there's a lot more, there's a lot more, lot more degrees of freedom there in a soft doll than a. Yeah. Well, if hopefully one day we'll get a Billy the Doll movie and we'll be able to get some soft writhing. We we don't even see Annabelle moving in this one. I don't think so. No, not at the top. No, no. Well, I mean, on on their own, on her own. Yeah. We don't see Annabelle just like walking around like, "Hey, what's up?" No, you know, we do get a head. Being... To... You get a head. And turn during the credits, on. during the credits, she runs the forty meter dash. <laughs> <laughs> and and they make a point to say that the spirit of the doll's not a demon, just a ghost looking to possess you, which do- definitely lays the groundwork for the rest of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, but. Uh, this whole movie is a lot more fun and works better if you replace Patrick Wilson with the teacher from Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> he, he keeps talking about like, oh, you have a cursed spirit in this house. And I was like, hey. <laughs> so they obviously they have, they have a lot of things in there. Um, Annabelle becomes her own franchise pretty much. I mean, it's in the same universe, but has her own Wild movies. how that happened. Well, here, yeah, that's Undeserved. my thing. There are a lot of really cool things in there that I want movies on. There is a full set of samurai armor. Why, why haven't we gotten a ghost samurai movie? Like, this ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I want to see the Warrens face off with a samurai. <laughs> it reminded me of like the Scooby Doo, like, the second one, with like the Hall of Fame of like monster costumes, and they all come <laughs> to life, and like they have to like fight the knight and the creeper and the, the pterodactyl all at once. No, no, the, the live action one. Monsters the live action. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Yes, yes, yes. Not, not Cyber Chase. It's the part <laughs> when they unleash the monsters. And monsters <laughs> unleashed. Right, right. Not the, not the sword off online ripoff, or so, sword art online. <laughs> sword off online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take this sword offline. <laughs> Uh, but after we get the uh, that whole thing with oh I, I did want to point out there is a there was a hilarious line in it where they're like talking to these these uh, these girls about Annabelle and and all that when they're taking Annabelle away and they're like what are you guys what do people call you and they turn around and I just wanted them to say Skywalker <laughs> <laughs> Ray Skywalker <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's some corny lines in this. I mean, we're not oh, yeah. fully There's, far yeah. away from hacky. Uh, yeah. we've, been, we've been talking a big game. This movie is tropey as hell. Uh, I think if you took like a... I mean, it's not a bad thing. I think right. it does the tropes very well. Yeah, yeah. But it's, if it's, you took if you took like a like a checklist of like horror movie staples, you could probably hit like a full blackout bingo with this movie. It's got a creepy doll. It's got a scary basement. It has... It's got birds. It's got a... It's got it's got a bird. <laughs> a dog dies church. immediately. Yeah. 
it's um, yeah. it's just I think it's one of the most perfect haunted house movies made to date. I think it does that very well. I'd but it is that. very much that. It is very much a haunted house, haunted family movie. It's a perfect distilling of the genre. Right. You had to show someone one, you show them this one. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but after the whole Annabelle spiel, we get kind of a breakdown on, on Ed and Lorraine. Kind of get their history. It's kind of like a PowerPoint slide on like what mm. they do. He's the only demonologist not recognized by the Catholic Church, which that's pretty that's pretty rad. Uh, and then obviously oh, it's she the, gets... it's the it's the obvious it's the opposite. He is the only lay expert on demonology in the Catholic Church. They, I thought they haven't recognized him though. Like he's not a clerk. he can't no he's not a clergy, no he right. he can't do perform exorcist, but he is the only uh, non priest demonologist. Ed Warren was the only non priest demonologist recognized in the Catholic Church. Gotcha. He's the only outside boy. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. They both they were both devout Catholics though. Uh, he's he just wasn't ordained, precisely. Uh, and then and then he, he was got, married. Uh, uh, yeah, he he succumbed to the sins of lust, uh, <laughs> and he he married Lorraine, who who could channel demons, which probably didn't look fantastic to the church either that he was marrying her. So that kind of is <laughs> two demerits against him on being a, a practicing clergyman. But the uh, movie kind of like shoehorns in like some problems with the Warren family. And I, this might be an unpopular opinion. I didn't care for that at all. Like they didn't really commit to it. They were just kind of like, Oh, some stuff happened last time we tried to do an exorcism. And like, there's lots of hints at like there being some like drama, but it doesn't really go anywhere. I was much more interested in, in office spaces family. <laughs> yeah. Is he from Oh my god, he is that is the guy that's, yeah. that's Ron Livingston, character actor extraordinaire. <laughs> Ron Livingston, who does if, if we're talking about just him as a character, it is so funny just watching him, he plays the role of dad of five yeah. girls perfectly. The whole time <laughs> he looks so tired and so confused, even down to the exorcism, he's just like <laughs> I don't, what is my life? Oh my God, I need a drink. <laughs> like, he is, is the perfect everyman. He is, <laughs> yeah. He is, he is, his name should be Ron Layperson. Like, that's his. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, we, we get introduced to the family. They're, they're moving in. They're moving into town. They're, they're rolling on into, I guess, what? Rhode Island? Is that where this is at? Harrisville, Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Northeast. Northeast. Um, and uh, we we get introduced to the family. We got the dad. We got uh the mom. We got the older sister who's so upset to be there and had to move. Oh my god! And then we got four <laughs> other children. <laughs> I was pretty sure they were messing with me for a while on the number of kids because I swear I counted four at one point, and then there were five, and then I think there were six at one point. And I was <laughs> like, like is this? Oh! How many are there? Is this or is this cheaper by the dozen? I'm waiting for Steve yeah. Martin to walk, walk out. <laughs> it was it was a very very cheaper by the dozen scene where they'll pull up outside and start claiming rooms. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That oh, speaking of that scene, I remember reading in early reviews uh, of the movie. This is I think it was on the Dissolve, which rest in peace the Dissolve great film mm. review website. In any case, uh, the reviewer mentioned how in that scene the camera takes you through all the rooms of the house everything upstairs like above the basement they just follow like the Ooh. daughters like picking rooms and it was like they were talking about how it was like a brilliant uh 
way to like introduce the audience not only to the characters but also to the house itself so that whenever you're you know as you're watching the movie later on you know exactly where people are in terms of like space um it's like a like boogie nights with the the club at the beginning right (laughs) it's yeah it's that long cut and you see where the rooms are and you kind of see like you know who's in whose bedroom and kind of like what space what haunted space we're dealing with here which is very important for a haunted house movie of um, it was done. And the dog well, won't yeah. even enter the house. Dog you hates know, it. No. If a dog, the two most clairvoyant beings in the world, we got the dog who won't enter the house, and then we have a little girl who immediately clocks the most haunted tree in the whole yard. She just walks <laughs> right up to it. Not only that, she reaches in and pulls out a haunted music box. The two most clairvoyant beings in this world. Yeah, the music box was a little on the nose in the obviously <laughs> hanging tree. <laughs> <laughs> and like. I'm glad the dog wasn't on screen very often so as not to get attached. Because the second the dog shows up in a horror movie, you're just like, all right, bye. Bye, dog. <laughs> yeah. <It's laughs> you're like, going to get horribly injured. It's going to send something wrong before everyone else. Like, okay, if you guys, when you guys buy a house and you say you bring your dog and the dog will not enter the house, refuses to, what do you do? Burn the house. It's just got to return it. Demand a <laughs> refund. Dog won't go in. Yeah, the dog sleeps outside and then is nondescriptly killed in the middle of the night. Like, they don't really show it, which I was also glad for, where they're yeah. just like, ah, oh, something ate the dog. <laughs> um, We'll get there. Because that was a little ridiculous. But the most ridiculous thing is this game called Hide and Clap. We we play this multiple times throughout the movie. It's hide and seek, but, but like legendary mode. If we're, we're like... <laughs> It's like, let's play hide and seek where everyone's hiding from you, but then blind you for the whole time so you can't see anything. That is the most ridiculous thing. Hide and seek plus sonar. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I like it, though, because it sets up, in my opinion, the best scare of the film. Or the best two scares of the film. Entirely. This hide and clap. This hide and clap. Oh, oh, yes, yes. All of the hide and clap. Gotcha. I thought you were talking about this first hide and clap. No, 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 but like I feel like it does. You're like, oh, it's a weird game. But then, like the the, the two best scenes kind of come from that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, this hide and clap. Um, she's walking around. She finds her sister in the closet, and then her sister punches her through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what happens, right? I mean, she walks into the closet, and then her sister does. pushes her, and she goes through the wall into a secret basement. Yes, get out of there. <laughs> no, right? Gotta found go. found a secret base. Get out of there. Get out of there. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess the whole family comes in, scoping out the basement. Dad decides to go check it out with a match. Flashlight, <laughs> bro. Like, when were flashlights invented? Surely uh, before this. The year after this movie. Yeah. Like, they're actually invented because of the Warrens. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking through spider webs like it was nothing. When I walk through a spider web, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm probably dying today. And he just walked <laughs> through it like it was absolutely nothing. When I'm walking through spider webs, just leave a message and I'll call you back. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a likely story. No doubt. <laughs> um, after that, <laughs> nothing else to say, I guess, about, about them finding the basement. You don't have a Gwen Stefani choke to tack on to that? <laughs> Blake Shelton. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So 
since we're, I guess, starting with the movie, I mean, if you want to go through, like, the first couple, like, brief scares, the... or go ahead. What, what the, the broad stroke? I don't feel like we have to go scene by, like, super granular here, because yeah. they all kind of blend, they all kind of blend together for a little bit, but yeah, they That's show true. up, punches through a wall with the Kool-Aid man. The first night's when, when stuff starts getting a little weird. Right. Clock uh, stops, 3.07. 307. I, it's actually, I looked at that Annieville horror, she wakes up at 315. So similar. Uh, that, but it's the not. witching hour regardless. 3 to 4 is the okay. witching hour. And, it, so. and both have like some kind of significance to the story behind the house. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Like the 315 was like when everyone died or something like exactly. that. Exactly. What happened at 307? Uh, blaze it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a demonic thing. I don't remember. Yeah. In any case, uh, one of the girls immediately is like, "There's a ghost telling me that you want to see the whole family dead." <laughs> oh yeah, that was the little girl who found the the little thing in the tree, the, the box? music box. Okay, and yeah, yeah. used the mirror to talk to her little friend Rory. He was like, "All right, well, y'all are gonna die." That scared me every time when they looked in the mirror. They're like, "Oh, if he's in the mirror, he's behind you." I was like, "Oh, I hate a mirror scare." Yeah, <laughs> never fun, especially when it has that like. Music box, Jack in the Box, fucking like little tune that you know it's about to end, and when it's about to end, you're like wincing. There's a great uh, Paul F. Tompkins bit about how like he's like in horror movies, the worst scene is always when our hero just wants to splash some cold water on his face. <laughs> so, so he bends down in the sink and splashes some cold water, and when he comes up, there's a horrifying monster in the mirror. <laughs> It's like, can't get a break anywhere. <laughs> um, I will talk about, because I, I looked up the actual Perrin case, and I found a quote from Carolyn Perrin, the mother, uh, who about like how it began you know, haunting, or how the haunting began. Uh, strangely, you'll notice the time difference. Uh, she says, I was in my bedroom about 5 o'clock in the morning when I had the first visitation. I opened my eyes and saw the most frightening thing I have ever seen in my life. It was a very tall woman. Waiting for Will. Yeah, there's Will. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil Village comes out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I have it pre-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tall woman that had that her head was like a sack of cobwebs with little tendrils of hair hanging out. Mm. So she had sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah. This is, is the is the explanation here. We just didn't yeah. know about it back then. <laughs> this is how most hauntings and ghost experiences are explained to sleep paralysis. But uh yeah, that's a that's how the parents haunting began. Um Did she vomit she, blood into her mouth? I hope I didn't see that part. Uh but it's it's worth saying if you're interested in reading more about the parents uh personal stories with the haunting uh you should uh their daughter the oldest daughter andrea published house of darkness house of light uh, a book trilogy at the beginning right. of like in 2011 2013 and 2014 published three books son of son there. night of night <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and it should be also worth noting that the parents endorsed this movie uh they thought it was a you know maybe not an accurate telling but Maybe it's get that money. Get it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't portray them as jerks, so like, yeah, why as well? <laughs> Not like idiots, or you know, they're just uh, an yeah, unfortunate they're... situation. 
Uh, so yeah, there's, there's there's birds hitting the side of the house at full speed. Yeah, we, we <laughs> like get, every night we get we get the first scene of of Cindy sleepwalking, which I don't know if you've ever witnessed someone actually sleepwalking. That is actual horror. My my, <laughs> uh, I don't think my sister would mind. She was a sleepwalker up until some age and it's scary like they walk downstairs and you're like whoa like i don't know i can't do that like, man. standing facing a wall and you're like hi you, like you can't wake them up because that's apparently you're not supposed to do that so you're like oh you'll free you'll like go into like a seizure or something like oh, that if God. you like yeah so it's you walk up and you're like hey are you are you awake are you sleeping and then they just say nonsense like i, I remember specifically my, my sister was turned around and was like what is 10 times 20 so two two hundred time to go to bed, and then you like bring them to, like it's it's scary stuff, and then it's it's always scarier, I guess, when it's just walking right into a freaking wardrobe over and over again, which is what this girl was doing. And of course, a uh, friend of the show, Colby Higgins, uh, did proclaim he was a sailor. Oh, that's <laughs> right. When he sleepwalked, yeah, that's right. Really spine tingling stuff. Very spine tingling. There's a lot of scenes of this girl just like hitting her head straight into this wardrobe. I wonder how many times they shot it. And I wonder if like the wardrobe was padded. <laughs> keep keep bonking. <laughs> keep doing it. Hit harder? Can we, we need a more robust noise. So a, a big a, a Whitman sampler of of horror tropes has unfolded in the first two nights of this house. Yeah. So they, they the mom goes to a TED talk. With Ed and Lorraine Warren, and she's in the audience while they're talking about. Uh, there's like f- the, the grainy footage of an exorcism, which is pretty scary. Yeah, on the uh, on the screen, and everyone's like, "Oh," because like you know, there's no cynics back then. If it's on video, it's real. Yeah. Um, then she she corners them in the parking lot. It's like, "Come to my house." <laughs> it's worth noting too that the real Lorraine Warren makes her cameo in that scene. Really, she's an old woman. If you go back and watch it, uh, when the camera first pans, like you know, cuts to the audience and like the classroom, she's the old woman sitting directly in front of the foreground as it like goes back to the person playing Carolyn Perrin, uh, Lily Taylor. Oh, cool. um, Damn, she yeah, she was still. No, you know, just like a little. Uh... <laughs> I'm Lorraine Ward. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, wow. <laughs> At least she get like a Stan Lee thing, and she'd be like the kooky Joker or the kooky uh, janitor. <laughs> the kooky Joker, <laughs> starring starring Lorraine Warren as the Joker. <laughs> yeah, she's in. Um, yeah, and then they, they they go to the house, and they're like, "All right, well, we're gonna do some research." And they open it up, and immediately discover, oh. A witch lived here. <laughs> yeah. she, she walks in and clocks it immediately. Yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, yeah. There's also, I, I don't like this when people try and, like, attribute logic to ghost things. Like when Patrick Wilson was like, did he bang three times in the door? And he's like, yeah. He goes, it's meant to be an insult to the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was just a ghost. <laughs> Three just feels right when you're knocking, anyways. Yeah, right. it's like I'm feel, like I I I'm I'm with you on this journey of like yes, there is a ghost banging on the door. I I I, I lose you when the ghost is sitting there researching Christian iconography <laughs> to know what's ironic. <laughs> it's uh uh oh. While we're here, it should be stated that uh, 
not in this case in particular, but Ed and Lorraine Warren, in order to like, I guess when they were first starting out, before people started calling them about cases they needed to solve, uh, if they heard about like a specific haunting and the owners of the house or the people involved were not as like welcoming or didn't reach out to them, apparently Ed was an accomplished painter and he would paint the house that in which the people lived. Like he would paint the haunted house and then Lorraine would go to the house under the guise of someone selling the painting and she would use that to gain entry to the house and like begin to like hear the people's stories which is a that's a grift that's not yeah. that's pretty good well yeah She's that's scoping the... it out they're gonna rob it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh as... they're also vicious bankrupt <laughs> <vicious home> robbers <laughs> the ghosts are gone um... but also my jewels <laughs> we we're, I feel like I'm failing at my job here because we've we've gotten ahead of ourselves of a, a lot of very great scares that happen before the Warrens come and scope things out. That leads. Oh, them. sorry, I was I was just going through Wikipedia. Yeah, go ahead. It's all good. Um, we we missed the part where what's her name, the nerdy daughter, is in her bedroom and um, she keeps getting yanked by the ankle. Oh yeah, mm. awful. The ankle. The ankle. Um, <laughs> the old ankle. Um. And the whole thing with the spirit behind the door, absolutely nuts. That, that Very girl, scary. fantastic actress, because she looked like she was just in awful terror. She's she's from Fargo, right? Yeah, I think that's Joey King. Yeah, that's the girl from Fargo. Yeah, she's doing pretty well now. Um, but yeah, that was a... Uh, one, the ankle yank in bed, always like typically very scary. I think Haunting of Hill House did it also very well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But and especially like when there's like there's someone behind the door and the door closes like you know us with like hereditary brain are th- trying to like pick out a figure in the shadows but there's not one that we can see as far as I know, mm-hmm. which makes it just as scary if not more of just you know you're in those shoes of like in, in that person's imagination of trying to find a figure. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a creepy scene. Also. This is a really, really short horror story. One of them says, stop farting. One of them says, no, it's you. And then you're like, who was it? <laughs> Ghost fart. Ghost fart. <laughs> Walked around farting. Um, I, Sean, correct me. Would this be James Wan? Would this be the cinematographer? Might it be both or either? What makes this really well shot is how kind of the camera pans. And you can kind of see just ahead of where all of the characters are, are looking and you see you have all of the blind spots that the character has so it shows her like peeking under the bed but you know there's yeah. the blind spot above the bed so you're like half expecting her to come up and it's in her face but it wasn't like yeah. it was and and that's not just the only scene that does it there's i feel like that's what makes a lot of these really scary scenes so tense it's yeah. just done really well yeah uh, Insidious most... Two has my fa- my favorite, at least favorite, I should say, jump scare in all of all film. There's like a kid in a hospital, and he leans over to. And there's like a guy asleep in a bed next to him, and he like leans over to pick something up. And when he leans back up, the guy in bed has sat up and is next to his face. <laughs> and it is, it was the, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I, <laughs> I I didn't sleep for like a week after that, and I was 22. <laughs> I'm always a. Uh... If we're talking insidious, the best scare that I still think about is like they're, I think Rose Burns like carrying the baby or something, and like it's at night and they're being disturbed, and there's someone walking outside on the porch, and you see him pass mm-hmm. by the window once and twice, 
and once again, and when you expect them to be still outside, walking outside, they're inside and they walk in front, directly in front of the camera. I'm getting chills talking about it. It's <laughs> so, there's no special camera movements or anything like that, but it's so well done. Um, yeah, James Wan, I, I think he also, I we'll get to it in a little bit, but like the look what she made me do scare of just like mm. the person mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere. Uh, it's just all the jump scares in this movie. I hate to call them that because jump scares has been like so. It's such a cheap term now. I feel like because you know people are like oh, they are kind of jump scary though. There is like a big music beat with it too. So yeah. I would say it's it's not above jump scare territory. Oh yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it's still it's still like jump scare, but they're very 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 well done, like very yeah. successful. Uh, second scare that we that we skipped was. Um, the one where the mom plays hide and clap yeah. with the daughter. Oh, the, the teaser trailer. Exactly. Yeah. The teaser yeah. trailer. She goes and uh, is doing the, for some fucking reason, she runs into a banister. She almost falls down the stairs. She's a terrible <laughs> mother for playing this damn game with the blindfold. <laughs> but uh, following the claps and it turns out that it was coming out of the creepy hands were coming out of the wardrobe. Fantastic. That's I love the hands because like, that's the first time you like actually see something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's like an actual thing, and not just like you know the spirits. Like, no, that's a that's a human hand. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and then she wakes up in the middle of the night thinking her kids are playing this damn game because she just lets them play this game, <laughs> and she goes out exploring, and the closet door opens to the basement, and we get the best action. Well, the second best action shot of this movie of her Family Guy falling down the stairs. <laughs> she gets shoved. I guess by the ghost, it just fucking tumbles all the way. She lays, down. she lays at the bottom of the stairs and goes <laughs> <laughs> for like two minutes. <laughs> so great, so great. Was that the same uh, night that like the daughters also like one of them is again like sleepwalking and hitting her head yep. against the wardrobe, and that's one of my also favorite scares of this movie is yep. that they're like she gets locked in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. And then the girl sleepwalks into the bedroom. Is banging. The dad's away this, this this whole time. I think he's yeah. like in Florida. <laughs> and uh, she's banging against the wardrobe. The sister wakes up, tries to wake her up, and uh, we get the jump first jump scare of the movie. Uh, that's literally a jump of the witch jumping off the top of the wardrobe Ooh. on top of her. I still I can't look at like old antique wardrobes the same after watching the. the <laughs> You're about to say it's, old women. <laughs> getting close also but yeah it's uh just like the camera looks up when you do and like you're not like expecting to see anything and there's mm. something there and it's almost to the level of like a mulholland drive fucking demon whatever is, it was is the witch lying down on top of the wardrobe it's like I thought, a crouched I, position yeah so she's not the lion witch in the wardrobe ah. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when the, when the mom's in the basement, like her her match keeps going out because they they're still using matches. <laughs> and like there's the really good like callback where like uh as her match is going out, like the two hands, the Mumenshant's hands come out from behind <laughs> yeah. her head and, and 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 clap the match out, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then you see and then you see the ball roll out. My first immediate thought was, is that the ghost of the dog that died? Oh, <laughs> that's wasn't. the Pixar ghost. Yeah, the Pixar yeah. ghost. 
The dog wanted to play fetch. Then she goes and gets the warrants. And that brings us up to where yeah. we were. Okay. At. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. I was just going through plot. I thought the plot would have all the good um, scares. I, I, I just assumed the scares and stuff came later. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they go get the warrants and they're like, our house is haunted. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> and they show up. And then immediately the wife is like, oh, this place is haunted. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's worth noting, you know, going back to the Warrens, that they always approached haunted houses. Like Ed always approached it as like, ah, it's probably some pipe leaking or whatever. Like he took a very pragmatic approach, but when it did, like when Lorraine sensed an evil presence, he was all on top of it. Um, yeah. He's a wife guy for sure. He knows his wife. Yeah, big wife guy. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a really cool, like, MacGruber assembling the crew scene after this. <laughs> yeah. They, they call the cops to come arrest the ghost. <laughs> I love this doofy officer Brad character who doesn't have any reason to be there besides the fact that he has a gun, I guess. I think the explanation was he's a third party coming in to witness everything, and he's taking notes as a policeman for the church to, like, prove that it's not just... Cookie, Leaky guys. They, yeah. They've basically rounded out the 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 adventuring party of like you got the imperial investigator, you got the medium, you got the <laughs> clueless cop, you got the young kid with the AV equipment. Yeah. Like this is every like the board game. It's a horror board game. Then uh, oh, they they also record uh what's her name the mom, and turns out it was it wasn't the the mom all along. The ghost recorded a mixtape on top of it. Drop the mixtape on the Warrens. <laughs> Always be on your grift. <laughs> uh, so, the mom just like didn't show up on film, right? Or, like she didn't show up on the recording. No, she she didn't show up on the recording at all. It was like a ghostly wail that showed up on the recording. Ooh. Why didn't she show up on the? Did they could uh, those, physics don't line up with sound waves, but <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it wasn't a video. It was a. It was a. Uh... Right, but like she, if they heard her, the recording should still hear her. Mm-hmm. The ghost took what? over the magnetic tape. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Don't they like also like they like the the sleepwalking girls walking around, and she's setting off all the cameras. Yeah, they set yeah. Up and they're, thing. Yeah, and they're like, all right, it's just her, and he's like, no, someone's with her, <laughs> and there's like a very faint outline of a woman or something like following behind the girl. There's like mm-hmm. a hand on her shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get all this definitive proof, and the church is like, we don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the red tape that comes with exorcism. We can't be bothered right now. (laughs) The priest is like, the Vatican has to stamp this. And I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. The Vatican does have to approve uh, exorcisms done by the Catholic that true? Church. yeah yeah and i think it might not be for the parent case but one warren case one exorcism was approved by cardinal ratzinger who if you're not up on your catholic history later became nope. pope benedict the 16th wow yeah his name was carl ratzinger <laughs> ratzinger yeah yeah, yeah. he sounds German. like a math teacher <laughs> but he abdicated he wanted to go back to ratzinger Interesting. So yeah, after yeah. this night of just absolute abstract terror, they decide to stay and watch the kids and do the laundry and work on the car. And they're like doing, I guess, 
chores which i guess lines up with your anecdote of them like going and painting houses and shit i don't understand no, why they decide to do that not he wouldn't paint like the sides of houses tyler he would paint like pictures of the house oh <laughs> i understand what I, I know there's three meanings to painting houses uh but this yes. is like i painted like a, a, a landscape portrait of a house gotcha okay well then this makes no sense why they decide to stay and and watch why they're doing laundry on a line after one day (laughs) that was a great shot though that like no i don't i I don't even i completely forget about the the motivation yeah when the the sheet leaves in the wind and it like lands on a person and then like goes up to the window and there's a face in the window and the fucking brilliant stuff man yeah fantastic such a good shot followed by such a disgusting shot of the witch uh, while the mom is napping, going up and vomiting in her mouth. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is how you get witch disease, because things <laughs> kind of fall off from here. <laughs> yeah. It's how Drag Me to Hell started, too. It's, it's how most uh, most nights start. <laughs> witch vomiting in my mouth. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why the Warrens around this time are like, well... Call us if it keeps up. <laughs> After they've like done their laundry and like fixed their car, like way more like we should settle down here. They're just like, all right, back home to our weird daughter. <laughs> our daughter Ophelia. There's a side plot no one cares about to go attend to. <laughs> was that before or after Copsy's ghost maid? I think it was before. Because uh, the Copsy's the ghost maid, I think on the final night. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Is it? I think so. Okay. Because that, I, oh, that really got me. Even now, like, watching it to this day, I don't know why. You see her coming, but it's always, like, frightening. Really? That, yeah. that scene baffles me. That one didn't get me as much, yeah. I don't know it why. Was, it was creepy. Yeah. It was it was unsettling, but I wasn't I wasn't like <laughs> shook the wall. <laughs> I think there's, it, it, it harkens back. There's a scene in uh, The Sixth Sense which uh, is pretty much the same thing of, like, look what you made me do. And it's, like, a dead woman, and her, like, wrists are all slashed up. I think yeah. that was the same. And, it, like, she's yelling at Cole. Uh, and that freaked me when I was a kid. And I think it just, if you oh. walk towards me shouting, look what they made me do, terrifying. Hate it. <laughs> Isn't that a Ariana Grande song? I could be wrong. Taylor, it's Taylor Swift. Swift. Look what you made me do. Yeah, yeah. Much less scary. I wonder if she... She she got the royalties for that. Yeah, <laughs> like she stole the uh, what was that Evermore theme park merch? What? Tell you tell us on the show. Like I there's like know. a there's like a theme park called like Evermore or something like that. I have and no Taylor... idea what you're talking. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Swift is selling merch for her album Evermore. That's like almost the same like as the theme park shirts, and yeah. so she got like sued. She got sued and lost. by the. Th- and lost by the theme park. Yeah. This Damn. like tiny theme park that beat Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> we are the theme park that beat Taylor Swift. We only played Katy Perry all day. <laughs> and John Mayer. God. So before they go home, I guess this is after the uh after the laundry. Uh as they're getting in the car. Uh Lorraine is like, I'm gonna go look at the water. And she goes out and looks at the water and their daughter who 
I didn't know it was their daughter. I thought it was one of the gaggle of children who was inside. Uh, is like, Mom! In the water. And she's like, Ed, we gotta go home. Our daughter's in danger. And so they go home, and she's fine. And then they're like, oh, no, the Warrens are in danger. So they drive back. Yes. <laughs> so, sorry, I have to do this again. Before this happens, there's a second okay, night yeah, of okay. horrors. Okay. Was, okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's when the cop sees the maid. Then, okay. uh, then Cindy Cindy sleepwalks sleepwalks to the the wardrobe again, and then phases through the wall somehow. Oh yeah! Somehow they find her behind the wall, and then Lor- or Lorraine breaks through, sees the toy like the witch toys, and falls through like I guess six or seven stories yeah. into the basement. She should she should have two compound fractures. In her yeah, no, like... she she should clearly be almost, probably dead. Um, and then she walks outside and sees her, sees her daughter in the river, which honestly makes it a little less impactful. Yeah. I, I didn't recognize it was her daughter. Um, I will say like the, the falling into the basement was way more effective in Hill House with the dumbwaiter. Yeah. Uh, 100 million times scarier was like the slow descent that you can't control in a dumbwaiter than... Falling down the stairs, Family Guy styles. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of funny the way she falls down the stairs because she hits multiple levels and breaks through those levels as she falls. So it's almost like a cartoon where it's like falling down on the other floor and then the other floor and then the other floor and then she hits the ground. There's a piano on a safe and an anvil on the way. <laughs> <laughs> safe hits her and then opens up and she yeah. falls out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I don't. Does anything happen when she's in the basement, or is this just like spooky? I think that's I think that's where all the kids got killed in the past. That's why it's so like terrible. Yeah, th- does she see anything down there, or is it just like? Yeah, when she falls, she like wakes up in a stupor and sees like, I guess the ghost of a woman holding a dead child. Oh, that's is right. that the one where like it's like the feet, like you hear like the noose and the feet dangle, oh, yeah. and they rotate, they rotate. Her? Yeah. Oh fuck, that's so good. Oh, wasn't that at the much. tree? It happens no, in the tree as well. Yeah, yeah. They, okay. She does, see a hanging, she does see hanging. She does see Bathsheba hanging from the tree, but in the basement when she's like under the table, um, you see like feet and they like rotate towards her, which is so fucking well done. What? Okay. One more cool scene from this haunting is the one where I guess they're all like chilling in the living room, like okay, shit's happening, but we're together, better together in numbers. And the ghost is like, nah. And, like, grabs the girl by the hair and starts whipping her around oh, the room. yeah. <laughs> that was so cool to see all the different strands just, like, come up yeah. and then bunch up and then get yanked. They instead He picks up a sharp object and instead of stabbing the ghost, cuts her hair off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is probably worse. Like, that girl would probably rather have been killed by the ghost than have her hair cut off like that. <laughs> Yeah, and she's got, like, weird bangs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just having a sister that was in middle school once, I think she probably would have rather been killed by a ghost than have that haircut. <laughs> have you ever had a bad haircut? Yeah, almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst things that can happen to a person. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. I feel like I might have one now. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, they go home, and then... Well, it's the own daughter's fault. She goes into the damn haunted room. Yeah. She's getting, but, she's getting haunted by a ghost. She's like, where am I going to go hide where the hundreds of other ghosts live? I guess I think the ghost was there in the first place because of the necklace. 
Yeah, saw the necklace and all of a sudden had the coordinates for where that daughter lived and yeah. flew directly there. This is this is my biggest complaint with this movie, which is the entire the daughter also being haunted storyline. You could cut and lose almost nothing. Besides a couple of one, I guess, okay, scare with like the Annabelle doll rocking in the chair with like yeah. a person. Yeah. With a chair uh, flying towards her. Yeah. But like yeah, I don't know because like it's it it feels like they meant to have like a thirty minute story, and they cut it all but the scares down to like a two minute story, mm-hmm. but none of the plots. So you're just like, why? Why is the daughter here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I they think, go home and then there. Go ahead. Oh, it's I think uh, Judy. I think she becomes a more like central character later in the movies. Um, so I think they just okay. introduce her. Um, but I remember like I, I think it might have been final night of haunting or i forget which but um the night that they're like driving home in the rain in the dark because they're like we have to get judy i remember being like in the theater like filled with dread i was like this is like a nightmare that won't end like of course it's <laughs> happening at their house oh no and you go and you see fucking annabelle turn her head terrible stuff yeah and nana was worthless nana did nothing nana yeah did nana shit. should be put down <laughs> When they needed her most, she vanished. <laughs> uh, there's, there is. We can talk about one thing. There, uh, the the soundtrack. There is a, a, a setting up the cameras montage. The dead man's bones in that room where you sleep. Both behind Sean and I. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, you can't tell. But uh, the one musical anachronism of this movie, because the rest is all uh, like you know the zombies and stuff like that, like mm. time of the season. But then like we get like a, a Ryan Gosling. In the room where you sleep. Uh, he does it better. But while they're setting up camp, I, I like that a lot. I was like, I love that album. It sounds like it comes from that era, but I it does not. I think it's, what, 2011? One of those years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, but it, it's got that vintage style that, you know, mm-hmm. Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys loves. Not anymore. Not <laughs> he used anymore. to love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Annabelle decides not to go too far. Returns to the box. She's like, I got my own trilogy to think of here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like there really wasn't like a. They're just like, ah, the ghost is in our house. Yep. Not anymore. Back to the war. Back to the <laughs> parents. <laughs> it makes me think. How did Bathsheba get there? She saw that, and I guess she knew where they lived. Did she like run out to the backyard and like put her hand up in the air and fly off like Superman into the distance? <laughs> Does she teleport there? How do ghosts travel from place to place? Might have been like haunted oh, objects. A good object. I don't know. Ah, yeah, they did a scene where the daughter was like, "I have the same necklace that you do." So she, she went moved. through the necklace. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Blues clues. That style. makes about as much sense as anything else. She, yeah. She, sure. she skadooed right into the. <laughs> <laughs> into the necklace. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Blue's good, dude. We can too. Um, Mr. Salt, Mrs. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I guess mom goes full possessed. It's always the mom. Oh. Why is it always the mom that goes wackadoo when the zombie when the the possession comes out? Ha- have you ever messed with the mom who went full mama bear mode? That's scarier than any ghost. That's yeah. probably why. I feel like even possessed Ron Livingston couldn't care that much. <laughs> I know, right? that's, that's that was my. I guess maybe Bathsheba could. Well, it, I mean, 
the whole point of this one was Bathsheba always possessed the moms to kill the children to make yeah. an, you know, an effigy to Satan. But I was like, it would be so much easier. The, the dad is much more weak will. He would have cracked first night. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. That's the Amityville horror. <laughs> exactly. Dad cracks but immediately. If if this ghost's M.O. is like, I possess mothers to kill their children, why'd she go and hang out in a doll for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lorraine's a mom. Maybe she's just like, oh, look at that mom. I'm going to fuck with She her. knew she wasn't home. <laughs> no. But somehow, Bathsheba skidooed from there to the motel <laughs> and, and possessed the mom. And right. the mom kidnaps the two youngest kin and takes them back to the house. Yeah, and then uh, shows up. the one girl sitting in the car while birds just hit the side of this car left and right. Birds are all <laughs> over this car. <laughs> birds love a good haunting. It's always a good time. Yeah, they some of them weren't even like possessed. Some of them were just having fun. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we're hitting a car! Yeah, <laughs> the cop shows up to come shoot the ghost. <laughs> I don't know who called him, but yeah, <laughs> the cop showed up. Uh, we so the cop shows up. They all show up. They realize, oh my god, she's possessed, and they put a blanket over her. And that's the first time she's looked like a ghost this whole movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did the Warrens live like next door? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They got home presumably to a different state in New England if they were on tour. <laughs> I mean, it's, they it's, flew it's, out it's, to Santa Fe. It's Connecticut and Rhode Island, so in my mind, they're about forty-five minutes apart. They might that be. Might be small true. States. Yeah, they're very small. Um. <laughs> But man, this scene itself with the sheet and like Carolyn's like whole possession with like the blood being coughed up on the sheet and like they rip through I mean what her like levitating in the chair and it flipping upside down. Oh my god. Ed's, that is such a good scene. Yeah, as Ed was like trying to, you know, shout the exorcism exorcism rights at her. Like, oh they let her hurt the cop a little bit as a treat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let him rough up an officer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's. We haven't mentioned at all the fact that like Ed doesn't want Lorraine there because the last time they did an exorcism, it went bad and she didn't talk for a couple days. And then she goes, "No, I'm doing it." And he goes, "All right." (laughs) Classic wife. Yeah. The whole movie they've been talking about like the last exorcism we did didn't go so hot for Lorraine. They didn't even like. Yeah, weird guy yelled at her. Like yeah, a guy yelled at her, and then like. He was like, the last ghost we exercised took too much out of Lorraine. And you think it's going to be this big thing where like, oh, Lorraine's going to go to the brink and almost not come back or something. Or maybe she does die in this time. But she's like, I'm going to do it. And he's like, all right. (laughs) And then then she lives and everything's fine. (laughs) She lived all the way until like 2019. The exorcism scene is so good, especially when it's like, you know, it stops and then it's silent and then she just slowly lifts off the ground. So good. But... When Ed is doing the exorcism, the only thing I can think of is the exorcism from Nathan for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real term. The hemorrhoid demons. Hemorrhoid oh. demons. Which, watching that, I was like, okay, maybe we have to add that Nathan for you episode to the Chandring list. Like, we have to do a Chandring <laughs> episode on that Nathan for you episode. A ghost <laughs> choked you in Switzerland? <laughs> so good. Uh, is there a Nathan for you podcast? 
Anyways. I don't know. I, I thought you were looking at your phone. I thought you were. <laughs> that was rhetorical. No, that, no yeah. that was a just a thought in my mind. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's called Nathan for us. They took my first name idea. God damn it! Ah, yeah. When did they? What was the last time they published? Uh, this week. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, then that's it. Apparently, the Warrens' the actual investigation ended after a similar sort of seance. Well, they call it a oh. seance, in which Carolyn spoke in strange tongues and levitated in her chair. Roger Perrin then expelled Ed and Lorraine from the house. Saying "get out of here," um, wow, wow, so Roger. They, they didn't even need. They didn't even have like you know this next morning sunny day. Like everything's fine. Roger's just like get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> he finally grew a backbone. Um, and they moved y- out, yes, sir, <laughs> in 1980. Like well, they, they were in that stayed? house for another seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they talk about this. Like literally, Ed is like, "Why wouldn't you move? This place is awful." He's like, I've got five kids. I've already sunk so much money into this. I can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the best explanation for Turns this. Turns into big short. Yeah, Roger's the, uh, he's a very practical guy. Going through yeah. an also awful, awful situation. In in the I mean, real life version of this, did the ghosts also learn how to work the guns in the end? Because all of a sudden, the, the ghosts are picking oh, yeah. up guns in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost does that. fire a shot at the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Gun's pretty easy, but then, uh, yeah. But I mean, this, I feel like this movie also ends just as abruptly as they were kicked out because this happens. They're all like, "Oh, thank God!" And then it just ends with the scene of of them putting the music box in storage, which which he stole, which he stole, yeah, <laughs> which he <laughs> did not ask for permission for. He took that music box. I would also <laughs> like to know. Go back and watch that scene. He places it next to a literal genie lamp from Acrobat. <laughs> like, it's an actual genie lamp, which. Begs the question: Why hasn't there been a genie movie yet? Oh man, yeah. Ed and Lorraine in the Cave of Wonders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a thousand thieves. Uh, it's in that scene where Lorraine, like Ed, puts down the uh, the music box in the room, and they're walking out, and Lorraine's saying, "Like, oh, it's Father, whatever his name is, and he's got a case for us in Long Island," and that's the Amityville nod. Ah, okay. Um, so that was like a little bit there, and I ooh that fucking the final shot of like the music's playing on its own, and you see the mirror spin, and you're like something's gonna happen, something's gonna pop out, and you're just tensed up, and it just like fades to white. Yeah, Marmaduke. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it fades to white, and it shows you like the real pictures of like the families and the Warrens, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the first Conjuring. And then after the credits, uh, it fades from black, and Sam Jackson says, So you're the only demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church. (laughs) They kind of are kind of presented like superheroes in this. I was thinking about this while I was watching the film. Like, looking at this as a superhero movie, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. They have, like, fanboys. They got fan. Yep. They got powers. They have powers. I mean, she's pretty much Danny Phantom. She just needs to (laughs) hone her skills a little bit more. She's Danny Phantom and he's Preacher. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I like the shot of him being like, I condemn you to hell. <laughs> because I was like, ah, that's pretty cool. I'm not even a ghost. And that, that got me. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Patrick he's, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, jeez. Patrick Wilson's incredible. I don't think we talk about this nearly enough. Uh, he's never had a bad role. He's probably the best part of Watchmen. 
apparently he's an Aquaman. I wouldn't know. <laughs> also directed by James Wan. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, I think, his only movie I haven't seen yet because I don't want to look at that it for on. two hours. We'll have to watch I, it after oh. the Nathan for You episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, Patrick Wilson, Ron Livingston, all of my favorite dads are in this movie. True. Vera Farmiga, also fantastic. Fantastic. She's great, Farmiga. great Lorraine. Apparently, uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga both met with the Warrens uh, to like research, like do this role. Um, wow. I think I have a couple more Warren facts. Uh, Ed said that this was the haunting that would make that would be most fitting for a movie. Uh, he passed away, I think, two or three years before it came out. But he always said, like, oh, yeah, that parent haunting in Rhode Island, that would make a great movie. And it did. Um, what else? Oh, they just, yeah. They founded Nesper, which is the New England <laughs> Society for Psychic Research. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah. I picture, like, an old, old man being like, that parent house would be the best one for a movie. We got any more of them soda crackers? There's <laughs> like a string of old man thoughts followed. <laughs> also, a good pea soup's got ham in it. <laughs> yeah, and Lily was... Taylor also does a, a great fucking job as Carolyn. Like, she... Yeah. I don't know. Her, like, her face, like, oh, we just saw her in something, too, that we were like, oh, yeah, she's, like, very good at being creepy. She's in the Maze Runner sequel. That's not it. <laughs> that must have been super fun to play Possessed. Like, that must have been a fun day on set. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Tyler, I remember that one like... time in in drama where I had to get mad, I had to act mad, and I broke down just because I had to act angry? Yes. <laughs> I, I imagine the emotional stress of having to act Possessed is pretty damn close, if not worse. You cried acting angry? Yeah, it was, I had to act angry, and I couldn't do it. Oh. Uh, the, oh, I mean, she's in The Nun again as Carolyn Parent. Well, I guess we'll get to The Nun, and we'll see. When was it? I don't know, maybe. I, I'm not as excited for the, the spinoff spinoffs, because I feel like that's where the horror movie quality tends to dip. Oh, yeah, that's where it's going to be much more, I'm sure... The tropes are going to be much more obvious and less frightening. But, I mean, we're going to get to... It's the universe. The, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to uh, The Conjuring 2 uh, in a couple weeks. So, basically, what we'll be doing... This is in the Radish feed as The Conjuring Episode 1. And Radish Episode 156, if you want. Um, <laughs> just Listener, just let us know if you want this as episode 156. In any case, uh, we'll be starting a separate feed for the Chandring. So you'll still be getting Radish Weekly and we'll be doing the Chandring as well. No, not sure why we tacked on adding... Well, basically, I know I always said that I shouldn't have a pot, another podcast. God forbid it. Um, <laughs> but as we've seen here in these properties, there is no God and the devil has won. And I got my second <laughs> vaccine and the CDC said I could get a second podcast. So that's what we're doing. Um, so yeah, that will be released near the end of the month. And then shortly after the conjuring, the devil made me do it, which we can just call the conjuring three, uh, shortly after that comes out early next month, we'll release an episode, uh, completing the trilogy in Japanese. It's the Sanjuring. <laughs> it's three. 
Son. Uh, he, he, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good job. Thank it. you. Very nice. I am so excited that the Conjuring Three is going to be on Disney or Disney <laughs> <laughs> HBO Max. It's called, man, that'd be a great treat, though. The Conjuring Three is already on Disney Plus. It's called The Boogity Man. <laughs> Mr. Boogity, please. Boogity. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. I don't have to go see it in theaters alone in America's second most haunted city. <laughs> it's That's right. Oh yeah. That's right. You're right. Uh, it should be worth noting. Will you watch this for the first time, like mid afternoon or like late morning, with like the sunlight shining in? I did. But, yeah. <laughs> I've only watched this movie at night. I'm not a coward. I just like the odds on my side. <laughs> I remember briefly getting back to Insidious before the end of the episode. The first time I ever watched Insidious, I had pirated it. And I watched it oh. under a red blanket that I had draped over myself with my laptop. That way the government like, didn't know that you pirated it. Exactly. It was <laughs> magnetic. It was a, uh, a Faraday blanket. Um, and I had my laptop on my chest watching it in like complete darkness and like covered with a blanket it was so hot uh and it was like <laughs> very strange but like prime watching conditions for that movie. <laughs> i was hooked up to a car battery like in crank two <laughs> um but yeah this is the conjuring is always like a halloween season staple and i'm excited to dive further into the franchise with you too with the conjuring with the chandering uh, if you wanted to, if you've found this episode separately from the Radish feed, fantastic. Thank you. We'll get to the Radish and Indie Source plugs in a moment because I'm not very good at them. If you wanted to find me somewhere, I'm at that Sean Barry on Twitter, Sean M. Barry everywhere else, including Letterboxd, where I'll be, you know, talking through my journey of these through these movies. Uh, you can find me at Master Thief Wilf. Uh, you can find me watching The Conjuring 2 at 10.45 a.m. with a nice cup of coffee. Uh, uh, East Coast time, that's going to be 7.45 if you want to shoot me a message. It should, West Coast time. It should be uh, with a cup of tea because Conjuring 2 takes place in England. Ah, never mind then. <laughs> what are they going to be like? Ah, oh, what's all this then? Uh, <laughs> ghost blokes? <laughs> That's what it's oh, called. Ghost blokes. Ghost Some, blokes. Something's crumbling all me crumpets. <laughs> the uh, kettle's acting a bit nutty. <laughs> uh, I'm Tyler. You can find me online at Tyler from Radish. You can find us. You can find Radish, uh, the podcast that the free, three of us are on, uh, on Twitter at Radish Pod. And you can find us on our website, indiesaurus.com slash radish. Definitely check out Indiesaurus, uh, the network that this podcast is located on. We got a lot of great shows, uh, pretty similar to this one. So, uh, yeah, sweet. You have a Tyler's question? No, this isn't Radish. So I didn't. I, I'm not doing. A, it's Sean's podcast. Sean, do you have a Sean's question? No, I didn't. I didn't prepare one. Uh, I mean, let's get let's get like, however you feel like rating The Conjuring on a scale uh. of you know. One to ten, five stars, letter grade, uh, digestive problem, whatever you want to go with it. Uh, how are we feeling? I'd rate this, honestly, five out of five booberries. One of the, if not the best horror film uh, out there that I've seen. 
And I think this probably might be the highest rated one. So I just want to start with five right off the bat. Yeah. I'm going to compare I, everything else to this one. Yeah. I I, uh, I, think, I would give this probably a 9 out of 10, if not a 10 out of 10. This is, like I said, one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's extremely successful in what it sets out to do. Super fun to watch. Super frightening. 9 out of 10. I think I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, no, three and a half is good. That's like okay. a seven. Three and a half. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, seven's a, a highly recommend. Uh, an eight's like a oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's good. I like this movie. Uh, there's no tap dancing skeletons, so I had to knock it points. Uh, for that. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Did you know all the scenes in this movie were shot in chronological order? That seems kind of dumb. <laughs> all right. Was it really? <laughs> it was according to the Wikipedia. Cool. Interesting. I wonder if they get better acting out of the characters if they're doing it chronologically. I feel like showing up to set and just getting your seven lines and not even knowing where it fits in. I think think a lot of horror movies do that. I don't have any evidence to back that up quite yet, but I think that's like a common thing with the genre. Interesting. You can tell because they get more scared as it goes on. Exactly. (laughs) They get more tired and more scared. Like, you know... When you watch The Exorcist, the priest is totally fine at the beginning. He's not limping or sore or anything. You don't know he's just throwing himself down a flight of stairs. (laughs) Her head's on straight. Exactly. (laughs) She looks fine. Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye, guys. Bye.